We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Indiana, home of Pacers basketball. Miller for three, and he got it. Legends have been born. Miller retreats to the three-point line and hits again. Memories have been made. Caliburn, a deep three for the lead. Great basketball has been played. Nembhard away. Hits the three and the buzzer. In 49 states. It's just basketball. Flips it to the big fella, fake, shoots, and But this, this is Indiana. And you're listening to Setting the Pace. Let's go! Your go-to Pacers podcast. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. We got paces hooping. Let's talk stats. Hot takes. All fast. New topics. Updates. Three pointers. Fast breaks. We keep scoring. We don't need to stop. New episodes. Weekly drops. This your number one podcast, sweeping every team. We gon' need a mop. Setting like the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. What is going on, Pacer Nation? Welcome back to your go-to Pacers podcast, Setting the Pace. I'm your host, Alex Golden. Joining me today is Michael J. Fachi and Fachi. The Indiana Pacers have done it. They have acquired Pascal Siakam from the Toronto Raptors. It ended up being a an interesting deal here, Fachi. Go ahead and give the people the details on this trade. All right. So the specifics: the Pacers are sending out Bruce Brown, Jordan Wara. Three first-round picks, uh, two of which are in the 2024 draft class. So that is the Indiana Pacers' own pick, as well as the worst of the Rockets, Utah, Thunder, and uh, Clippers draft pick. So it's anticipated to be the Clippers or Thunder. And then a 2026 top four protected pick, which is Indiana's. Mm -hmm. Uh, In return, obviously the Pacers are getting Pascal Siakam, and they're also getting a second-round pick. And the New Orleans Pelicans are helping facilitate this deal. They're sending uh, Kyrie Lewis to uh, Toronto Raptors. Yeah, so this basically, it is almost like a three-team deal, but according to Bobby Marks, it is two separate trades. Kyrie Lewis is going to Indiana, and that means that James Johnson has been waived. So James Johnson is no longer on the Pacers as we speak at this moment once this deal becomes finalized. 
the Pacers then packaging Tyra Lewis Jr., Bruce Brown, Jordan Wara to Toronto for Pascal Siakam with the three picks that Fachi did mention. So that was an interesting maneuver there by the Pacers, but they also get a second round pick from the Pelicans in this deal to get Kyra Lewis. And then the way the salaries match up, you know, it was enough to get Kyra Lewis involved with Brown and War. The Pacers didn't have to make any other moves to get Pascal Siakam with throwing another player in there. I thought that was interesting. And you hear this a lot. Players, when they get traded, cannot usually be aggregated with another player in a trade once they've been dealt. But because the Pacers were under the salary cap, they were able to absorb that contract and then be able to flip him with Bruce and Jordan Morris. So that was definitely an interesting little wrinkle there. But I think the big news, obviously, the Pacers get an all-star caliber power forward, a two-time All-NBA power forward, and they finally have an answer at the power forward spot, Faji. Pascal Siakam is here in the Pacers. Pacers basketball is back. Pacer basketball is officially here. I mean, look, we've been excited about what we've seen thus far. But we felt like this team's good, but this team could be better. And they have the assets to be better. So this is why you accumulate draft picks. While you have contracts like Bruce Brown that everybody who didn't know was saying, this is an overpay. No, it's not. It was a way out for the Pacers to be able to, A, meet the salary cap at the 90% threshold that they have to, but also be able to flip Bruce Brown as a valuable trade asset, which Proves right over here, got this deal done without having to give up a ton of, you know, players of the core. Obviously, Bruce Brown was a part of that starting lineup of the core, but he was someone that we didn't see long-term with this team. Pascal Siakam and a player of his talent does not walk through the doors in Indiana quite often. This is a massive trade. And yes, the Pacers are coming off a massive trade for Tyrese Halliburton, which was a little bit bigger, but this is a huge deal. For Indiana, and I think the whole fan base should be extremely ecstatic because the front office held firm. They did not part with a Benedict Matherin, a Jarris Walker, or Andrew Nimhard. They really were able to get this deal done with draft picks that truly may never even materialize as really anything more than role players. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing here. I think this draft class coming up, we were like, how are the Pacers going to even take anybody? It was very likely these two tra- these two draft picks were going to be dealt. Yes. And you brought up a great point on our last episode with Toronto, more than likely not having their pick this year. The Indiana Pacers now give them an extra pick, so they will at least have two in this year's draft class. Depending on where they're at, it doesn't seem great. It looks like they're going to be probably in the you know 17 to 30 range, I would assume. So it's not like you're giving up massive draft capital here. And then the 2026, it is top four protected. If everything you know goes to hell for the Pacers and they end up being awful, they still have a little bit of leverage there, but I, I don't think that's going to happen. But they didn't trade any other draft picks, which I think is great because now they have all their future picks and they're just going to keep getting more and more as the years go on. But listen to this. The Pacers, according to Woj, have serious confidence that Siakam will resign a long-term deal. Siakam is also eager about the possibility of staying in Indiana past this season. But let's talk about the big thing here. Kevin Pritchard said Tyrese Halliburton is going to help us recruit players, and that's exactly what he did because Tyrese Halliburton spoke to Siakam, helping sway him to join the Indiana Pacers. And you know what? Because of Halliburton's rising rising stardom, not just Pascal Siakam, but various players around the league are circling Indiana as a team they eventually want to play on. Screw the mid-market. Screw 
being a small market team, Tyrese Halliburton is a big name ticket and the Pacers are headed to the top. I'm almost tearing up over here because this is a big deal. This is a, I'm getting a little watery because this is everything we've ever dreamed of, of how do we get that one special talent here to change the whole perception of this franchise. And Tyrese Halliburton, we talked about, it just felt like there was something different about him that he might be able to do what Paul George and Sabonis and others and Oladipo could not. And that is to track talent. And I think that Tyrese in his short term here, we heard from Obi Toppin. Obi Toppin was like, yeah, I spoke with Tyrese. I really wanted to be here. We we saw you know Tyrese talking to Benedict Matherin on draft night, you know, got him excited. Now he's getting Siakam excited. And money talks at the end of the day. And the Pacers can offer Pascal Siakam something other teams can't. And that is a five-year contract that could be right in that range of $247 million. And at age 29, this is Pascal's last real chance to truly cash in. And there is a big difference between a four-year and a five-year deal. I don't have the exact number right in front of me, but it's roughly in that four years, $180 million range. You're talking about about a $67 million difference in that contract. That is a lot of money. And I think that um, you know money is very important to Pascal Siakam, but also where it's not like this is the Detroit Pistons. The Pacers are an up-and-coming team that could be in the playoffs when Toronto, no offense to them, but they were going in a completely different direction. So I think there's a lot for Siakam to be excited about, but it's also up to us now to win games and really be able to show, hey, let's get to the playoffs and let's show that you might have been everything that we're missing and more. Yeah, I mean, Pascal Siakam is the perfect fit. There's no doubt about it. He is going to be the secondary playmaker, the secondary star for this Pacers team, you know, Teams are not going to be able to trap Tyrese Halliburton like they were. And I think we talked about the the blessing in the disguise of getting to the championship game of the in-season tournament. The ability to kind of re- remove Tyrese from the game and nobody else there to really step up, I think it did put a brighter spotlight on what the weakness of this Pacers team was. And you know what? While you do like a guy like Bruce Brown, he was a starter the entire time he was here this year, played the shooting guard position well. There's no doubt about it. When he signed that contract, he took the money knowing – full well that he was more than likely going to be dealt in a bigger trade. So it, it, it was to me one of those great opportunities for Bruce to get paid, the Pacers to have a really good player that teams across the league are going to want. And if they were to trade him, because look, I, I don't think he stays in Toronto. Let's just go ahead and put that out there. I think they're going think to so flip him in a single trade with somebody and they are going to get another first round pick which is just good for them. I mean, that's that's a great move by Toronto because we're going to turn Siaka basically into four picks. So they might even get five if they're lucky. <laughs> you never know what somebody might give up for Bruce, you know, if it's a team that really just needs him and they have some extras to throw out there. I mean, you just you just never know. But yeah, I, I, I'm really confident that Pascal Siakam is going to be the perfect fit next to Miles Turner and next to Tyrese Halliburton because of the way that he plays. And you're talking about a guy that over the last like 17 games is averaging 24 points a game. This guy can put the ball in the hoop, and I think he gives him a little bit more versatility defensively because Jalen Smith of the four was not a long-term option. It was, I think it was a nice sample size for the Pacers to realize what having real size and a starting five will do. So to me, though, Fachi, the most interesting thing that Woj said was not only did the Pacers try to get Pascal Siakam, but I they were that. trying to get Pascal Siakam and OG Ananobi from Toronto to Indiana. 
Obviously, we know OG Ananobi goes to the New York Knicks. They get RJ Barrett, Emmanuel quickly, and a second round pick. Whatever. Basically, Woj said the Pacers were unwilling to give up everything that it would take to get both of them, or they just didn't have enough to get both of them. So we don't know for sure what those talks were like, but it shows to me that this Pacers team was very aggressive and that they didn't just want Pascal Siakam. So I guess that does raise a question for me, for, to you, and, and to everybody listening. Do you think the Pacers are done after this? I don't. I don't think they're done. First, touching on what you just said, I love how the front office really did try and be aggressive. They did. I, I can't even imagine how many conversations in total they had with Toronto in just the last calendar year. I feel like they have they have been in touch and in that scenario, look, I think it's probably smart that the Pacers didn't go after both because they would not have been able to re-sign both players, most likely. You're talking about two players that could get a max contract. You already have Halliburton about to enter a max contract. So you would have had to have given up a lot, and I mean a lot. Mm. So I like the fact that they did be able to you know, acquire Pascal Siakam. But in this situation, think about this. Are they done? Well, you do still have Buddy Hill's expiring contract, and I think that it's always a shame. It's always a, you know, you never want to let an expiring contract walk. And that mm. is still $19 million, which can facilitate a good player. But then also now you look at the power forward position. Obi Toppin, Jalen Smith, obviously Jarris Walker. At this point, they're holding on to Jarris Walker no matter what. I think it would stun me to turn around and trade Jarris Walker at this point. Yeah. You just, you know, put your foot down and said it wasn't happening. But Obi, Jarris Walker, I mean, Obi, Jalen Smith, it's going to be tough for all of those guys to find playing time. Jalen Smith might not be here if he opts out of his player option. Obi Toppin going to be entering restricted free agency. There is a scenario where the Pacers could combine Buddy Heald and or one of those two and still be able to acquire a player in that $25 million you know per year range. The Pacers could very well make more moves. I'm excited to see what they do. And they'll also still have an open roster spot, assuming, you know, uh, to be determined what happens uh, with James Johnson's coming back or not. Yeah, they did say that they will sign James Johnson once he does clear waivers after the Pelicans it. probably cut him and waive him. So we'll, uh, we'll have to keep an eye on that. Just obviously, you know, if there's somebody that comes available, because once again, Jake Fisher put out there that Gordon Hayward could be a buyout candidate, you know? So that to me is someone to really keep an eye on as well. I know it sounds crazy, but the Pacers are being aggressive. I mean, if you're trying to go after OG and Pascal, like I, I don't see them oh. being afraid to go after Gordon Hayward, if he becomes available on the buyout market, and they've kind of got a leg up because he's from Indiana. So it's not very often that you see guys from Indiana be able to contribute like that. But I think in a backup role for like a minimum deal, that's a great fit. It and is. then he's a free agent. And you figure things out. Maybe next year you can bring him back. I mean, I'm just I'm just spitballing here, throwing out some ideas. But to me, Fachi, I'm just I'm excited to see what what Kevin Pritchard does. And if they keep the roster as is, I have no problem with it. I think I'm that fine with it. They've got enough depth. You feel really good about it. And so right now, the big question mark is, who starts in place of Bruce Brown when everybody's healthy? You've got Tyrese Halliburton. You've got Aaron Neesmith. You've got Pascal Siakam. And you've got Miles Turner. When we had Caitlin Cooper on, she was ecstatic about the possibility of Buddy Heald and Pascal Siakam playing together. And I can see why they would want some shooting in that front court, or that, and excuse me, in that starting five and that, to me, makes more sense than maybe some of the other options because I don't think uh, – I think Ben still will relish coming off the bench as the Pacers' sixth man this year, and I think in the playoffs he could close games still, but I think you got to continue bringing him off the bench at this point in his career. I am curious because I do think Andrew Nimhard did a very good job when Bruce was out 
but do they want to have him play more with that second unit? So now it's going to be interesting to me what they decide to do because looking at the depth, maybe you go TJ, Andrew, and Ben off the bench together and, and start Buddy. I don't know what you're thinking, but that's maybe where I'm at right now. Off the bat, I think my first um, my first reaction is probably Buddy. I, I think so. I, I'm with you. I still like the idea of Mathern coming off the bench. Mm. I could be swayed into, okay, hey, Andrew Nemhard at, at the two, so that way we're not you know completely slipping off defensively because that is definitely something you have to consider. Yeah. But in my opinion, I think my gut tells me probably Buddy Heal to start, um, and, and you just try and maximize what you have offensively right now, and that is a really good starting five offensively. Um, I think that is something to be excited about. And I would like to see, you know, that spacing over there and Siakam and having those options. I just feel like you're already talking about an offensive team in the Pacers that has been historical this year. And you just got so much better offensively that it's just like, this is special. This is something truly special right now. And when you talked about before how they could make more deals, they could make more moves, whatever it may be. But you also don't have to shake up too much. I like the fact that with this trade, Bruce Brown was playing about 30 minutes per game. It's like 29.6 or something like that. Jordan Warrior was essentially out of the rotation. He played recently. That's not by plan. That's by the fact that the Pacers were without a few guys. So if you make another move, you trade a couple couple players, two players, how much is too much? You know, you don't want to do too much. And I know that even sounds kind of crazy because – for so long, we have been hoping, can we make a move? Could it be something? But right now, we made a big move. I don't think the next one has to be a big one. But I think if you truly in your heart feel Buddy Heald is not coming back after this year, it's something you have to consider moving at the deadline. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, is there a name out there that makes sense for the Pacers? That's a better fit. Um, a name that I'm keeping an eye on, if the Hawks are going to blow it up a little bit, does Bogdan Bogdanovich, him that I know you brought up too before, if he becomes available, does that make any sense? It does because he signed for, for multiple years. He's a yeah. really good three-point shooter, and the contract is actually a very reasonable value. It yeah. really is. It's in the teens. So, And I believe, I could be wrong, but I remember when we ch- uh, talked about it in the past, I believe the contract actually goes down in value. Which okay, is, well, I, I'll let I'm you look that up, up because I'm kind of yep. curious if you keep Buddy Hill, could you still get Bogdan and maybe do a McConnell and Jalen Smith type of trade to get him if they have the cap space to do that? I don't know exactly what the Pacers cap space currently is right now because everything to me 
felt like we had to give up more than what we gave up to make the deal happen. So I'm still trying to figure out all the details. Maybe there's some that's left out. I don't know. Maybe we just were unfamiliar with, or the, the cap numbers were wrong on the trade machine. That's very possible with uh fans bow and their trade machine. So that could have been part of the problem, but I do think that it's an, an interesting thing because we talked about consolidating here. Fachi, mm-hmm. the Pacers didn't consolidate. They, no. they traded a starter for a starter and that's pretty much it. No offense to Jordan Mora who was a great pacer and was awesome when he came on this show and just a really good guy, but he was the 14th man for most of the season. So I just, I don't really understand, you know, the consolidation part of it. They haven't done that yet. And could they still do it? I think it's very possible. It is very possible. Uh, As it relates to the Bogdan contract, it does indeed go down, which is extremely appealing. We're talking about $18.7 million this year, then 17.2, then 16 million. And the final year of that four-year deal is a team option for $16 million. So that contract is as appealing as it gets for a, a real solid player. So, you know, I think that, that is a great target that you mentioned. Um, but also, just one thing that we were talking about is, you know, when you and I, we were going back and forth about the importance of players on this team. And, you know, I, I did have Jordan War ranked below James Johnson because I felt like this man was not going to be on the team that much longer. And now you see a scenario where James Johnson might have to get cut and then brought back. It just shows, hey, they do value him, and having that veteran on the team is always important. I know Siakam is 29 years old. It's not young. It's not old. But there's a difference between being 29 years old and being like a veteran. And I I feel like I don't know how much about Pascal Siakam being a leader, but what I know is that James Johnson, that's someone that you want in the locker room. So I am excited about that. But at the same point, if the Pacers have an opportunity to make a move to truly get better, I definitely respect them, uh, you know, maybe not bringing James Johnson back. But I also do think I'm happy either way. Yeah, and I think one thing to keep an eye on too is like, if they do retain Buddy and they keep him and they don't trade him for whatever reason, I mean, they, they can keep him. There's no doubt about it. I think that's something to keep an eye on. Just because he could walk for nothing, but they could also bring him back next year. They could, they could use him in a sign-in trade in the offseason. I think there's a lot of flexibility with what they want to do with Buddy, but I'm sure that this was a, a a tough decision for the Pacers to get rid of Bruce Brown just because bringing him in in the offseason, Tyrese was a part of recruiting him here. You kind of have to wonder like what those conversations were like. And, you know, I mean, it was interesting to me. I don't know if this thought popped in your head either, but the Pacers just play the Nuggets where Bruce Brown got his championship ring, and then three days later they trade him. I wonder if that deal could have happened maybe a week before this, and they decided to hold off on that trade just because they knew that Bruce was going to get his ring with the Pacers and against Denver. And depending on where they were going to trade him to, there might not be an opportunity to play Denver on the road. So he might not have gotten his championship ring this year. I just kind of thought in the back of my mind, maybe that was part of it because he didn't play a game after that. Anything is possible, and I think that uh, you got some great detective work there. Because, you know, I, I remember being like, oh, Bruce Brown's hurt? When did that happen? But then also, there there were situations where Pascal Siakam was also out yeah. recently. So I do think that, that, that these teams probably started to have an idea as to, you know, something's materializing. And usually, by the time it's reported by Shams, it's real. It's real. So they probably were really heating up and picking up these conversations over the past week. Uh, obviously, when we're recording this, it's Thursday. They just played the Nuggets on Sunday. So it's Wednesday. It, it's it is Wednesday. This week is going by pretty fast, but clearly not that fast. So um, you know, this will be <laughs> available. You know, maybe you're listening Thursday morning. Maybe I'm right then. Who knows? 
But anyway, you know, I, I definitely believe that they probably had some sort of idea a deal was getting close by Monday, you know, just yeah. a couple days ago. That That is pretty great detective work by you. Yeah, just just something in the back of my mind, like let Bruce have that moment. He probably knew he was in trade talks. I mean, they've been pretty open about how, you know, how active they are with their players and letting them know and stuff like that. So I did think it was interesting today. Rick Carlisle was on the radio, did his regular weekly radio spot with uh, Kevin Bowen, Andy Sweeney on the wake up call. And I just really found it interesting because he was asked about the trade rumors and stuff like that. He said, I can't really touch on that. He did kind of share a story about when Karis LeVert was traded how he pulled him into his office on the road and brought a few other veterans in there to let them know about the trade and how things were going to, you know, be for that game and that against Cleveland. It was just weird because he was traded to Cleveland while they were playing in Cleveland. So just that a little bit weird. of a, a different thing there it would have been hilarious if he passed a physical and actually played yep. the game against him. <laughs> that would have been awesome. That'd have been awesome TV. Uh, it's just like a huge heel moment, but oh yeah, uh, really, I, I think what he said was interesting. He said, I can't touch talk much about the trades, but what I can say is that exciting things are happening and that a lot of players want to play with Tyrese Halliburton. And when he said that, he pretty much tipped his cap that this is about to happen. So yeah. I was anxiously awaiting. I really did not know when it was going to happen. I thought Toronto would kind of hold their cards a little bit closer to the chest. I thought they might wait and kind of drag this out to the deadline. But clearly the Pacers had the best offer. And the offer was those three first round picks and Bruce Brown and Jordan Moore. So you're talking about expiring contracts and and three first round picks. I mean, that is where the Raptors allowed Pascal Siakam's value to get to. And Pascal had a lot of leverage in this because if he wasn't going to resign there, teams were going to trade for him. But the fact that he's kind of eager to come to Indiana, that made me feel pretty good about his possibility of re-signing after this season. And we talked about it a lot yesterday. I was over the top annoyed with the, oh, he's a four month rental. This is a waste of time. Not a good player to, you know, waste a rental on. The, but the same people would complain about how bad of a drafter Kevin Pritchard has been outside of the lottery. So he's trading three picks that are going to be outside the lottery. I think, do you really want to go through Goga Bataze, TJ Leaf, and Aaron Holiday and not get Pascal Siakam? Come on. I mean, that, that's what I'm saying. It's just like at the end of the day, I mean, look at what happened last year. We thought it was going to be magical. We have. Three first-round picks. Oh, my God. What are we going to do with it? Uh, look what we did with it. Like, look, Jairus Walker, I, I believe in him. I do. But, like, Ben Shepard ends up being picked 26th. Okay. Like, hasn't seen the floor much. You end up trading a pick just to kind of punt it down the line. You start to then realize sometimes too many picks is too many picks. And right now, where this Pacers team is at, they are not, you know, eventually OKC is going to run into this. They got way too many picks, and they already have a talented team. The Pacers are ahead of schedule, and it showed, and I'm very happy the front office acted on it. They said, you know what? We want to win games, not just stack up young talent that maybe can't all have that opportunity to continuously grow. And, and I think that that's – I think it's a very valid you know, point, and it's a good look in the mirror to say, you know what? What are we waiting for? Well, let it begin because we saw what happened with this team in the in-season tournament. We know that now, like, is is going for the play-in really, like, the goal anymore? No. I think the goal now, when you make this deal, it's to win in the playoffs. And I truly now look at this Pacers team differently. I think we're out of play-in territory. Mm -hmm. I think that when you make this trade, you are a top-six team in the East moving forward with a good chance to be a top four 
team, like a real good shot to be top four. There's really not that much difference between, you know, whether you're, you're, you're five or six, but I think in this scenario, you're out of play in territory. And I think that that's a big deal because many people thought coming in this year, success would be making the play. Maybe it's making the playoffs. I think now this team has what it takes to win a playoff series. Yeah. I mean, I was listening to NBA today and they were all pretty much like, well, it's a good move for the Pacers, but they're not going to get out of the first round. Except for Michael Wilbon, who's usually not on that show. But Michael Wilbon said, ah, I'm not I'm not jiving with y'all saying the Pacers won't make it out of the first round. He said, I, I like defense. And he said, Pascal Siakam brings that to this Pacers team. And with what they've done already offensively, you all better watch out. I think this is a team that you don't want to play. And that's kind of what everybody was saying. Well, yeah, you don't want to play them in the first round, but we can't pick them over you know, the Knicks, or we can't pick them over the 76ers, the Celtics, the Bucks. I'm like, they just beat the Bucks four out of five times. I mean, I'm not saying they're going to beat the Bucks. No one's saying that. But I think they can give them a competitive series. Definitely. And I, I think just the lack of, like, respect, like, oh, it was a good move, but, like, it's not going to do that much. It's like, what are we talking about here? I think people are sleeping on how good the Pacers have been in the regular season. I'm not trying to be a fanboy here, but I think the Pacers are in a much better spot than they're getting credit for. And so... To kind of wrap things up, I know you probably want to respond to that. So go ahead and do that before I ask my next question. It, it's just ridiculous what the media is doing. I mean, about a week ago, Kendrick Perkins called Tyrese Halliburton a system player. A system Kendrick player? Perkins is a fraud. I know, but I mean, what are we doing over here? Between the Wally Zerbiak and the Kendrick Perkins, they just look at a team and they go, oh, the Knicks. What have the Knicks done the last few years? Knicks haven't done anything. So I just feel like why can't, why could someone say they can't beat the Knicks in the playoffs when we just took four to five against Milwaukee, we beat the Celtics twice this year. We still play them again. We could win that series. We could, we could win it. three. We, I'm in. I'm in. So, and I'll tell you one thing, we're bringing up the Knicks, and maybe this isn't good to bring up. February 1st, I'll be in the building. And oh, Square no. Garden. Pacers no. versus Knicks. Yep, I know that no. hasn't worked well in the past. I'm going to be there. I'm going to see me some Pascal Siakam. I yeah, want Tyrese Halliburton back. And I cannot wait. And I want to prove a point that night. So I'm excited. But I think the rest of the East, you look at teams like the Orlando Magic, that I know they're not what they were two months ago. We're definitely, I think we're ahead of the Magic. You look at the Cleveland Cavaliers, I'm not sold. I am not sold. They've been and playing the Miami, better, but a lot of injuries right now. Exactly. And they're a good team. Don't get me wrong. They are a good team. But then you also look at the Miami Heat, who haven't really cared too much about the regular season lately. I just feel that there is a realistic scenario that the Pacers could finish ahead of those teams. Of course, Milwaukee, Boston, Philly, those are really good teams, and that's going to be tough, and we have to prove it before I can say that we're ahead of them. But for right now, I really like our chances of finishing the regular season as a top-six seed. I, I, I'm Philly there, Fachi. I really do. I was going to ask you to kind of wrap things yeah. up here. What is your depth chart with this Pacers team? moving forward based on who we have you know that, that's the tough part because it's just like you know you're giving up 30 minutes that bruce brown had so in my opinion if you don't make any changes i do think now there is an opportunity for mcconnell to be you know in the rotation on a nightly basis because you do have those extra minutes available at the guard spot but someone's got to go at, at power forward you know that one of the bigs is going to be out of the lineup i do think that unfortunately this could be a reduced role for Obi toppin uh, for Jalen Smith, I'm, I really don't know. And Jalen Smith was having such a good start to this year, but the Pacers then got to wonder, like, is this someone that they do see bringing back if he does opt out? 
So that's why I'm wondering if the Pacers do look to make another move because you didn't really consolidate. One of the guys you traded yeah. was out of the rotation. Another guy was, yeah, I mean, you, you were heavy at the guard spot. So if you still want to run a nine-man rotation, someone's going to be the odd man out. Is it is it is it Ijax? I don't want it to be. I don't. But no, I think you're going to see a 10-man rotation. I, I think I, you have to. Yeah, for me, with everybody healthy, it's Tyrese. I'm going to put Buddy in there right now just because I feel like that's what they'll do. Of course. Buddy, Aaron Neesmith, Pascal Siakam, Miles Turner, your backups, TJ McConnell, Andrew Nimard at the two, Benedict Mathern at the three, Obi Toppin at the four, and then I'm going to assume they're going to go Jalen at the five. I think so. But Isaiah Jackson has played so good this year, it's very tough to like make that call and just take him out of the rotation. So maybe you know you, you really have to make a decision at your backup four because – Jalen and Obi and Ijax, only only two of them can play now that your front court's solidified. And I don't think any of them can play the three. I know there's been talks about yeah. Obi Toppin playing the three. He is too stiff to play the three. So that's where I'm at with that. And other than that, I, I think you just got to make a decision potentially on one of those guys. Ben Shepard, Jairus Walker can't even crack the rotation at all. So now you basically have an open roster spot whenever you bring James Johnson back which that could be where you kick Gordon Hayward. And if he's in the mix, then he's probably the three. And so now you're moving Ben up to the two, and then you're going to make a decision between Andrew and TJ again. So it's just like, oh, my God. Like there's just That's why I think another trade could be on the horizon, Fonchi. I just don't know who it's going to be for, but I'm keeping my eyes out. I think so. And, like, where did we – like, how did we get to the point where we're saying this Pacers team is too talented for their own good? I mean, that sounds like an exaggeration, but – they have so many players that are deserving of yeah. minutes. And I feel like Jordan Noir was the player that we knew from the start of this year. So we're going to be really hard to get you any playing time. Now you look at the rest of this roster, and that is not the case. You could make, you could say that about a Ben Shepard, and you could say for Jairus Walker, like, you like to find him playing time? It's even harder now. That got yeah. so much harder that this almost feels like it's got to be like a known redshirt year. That it's just like, at this point, the, the people that have been knocking on the door saying, hey, we got to get Jarris Walker more minutes, it's almost kind of like you have to quiet down a little bit because it's like we just brought in an all-NBA caliber player and that man is deserving of all the minutes that he can get. And a guy like Obi Toppin was having a career year. He's going to get less minutes. Isaiah, Jalen, they were having career years. That's yeah. going to be less minutes too. It definitely is, Fachi. Last thing here before we wrap up, we'll definitely yeah. have more Pascal Siakam coverage. I saw somebody say that he won't play until the Portland game, so he won't be there for the Sacramento game. I'm, I'm not a 1,000% sure on that, so if you're hearing this and something else has happened, I'm just hearing a rumor from somebody that didn't really give me a source to confirm this. So just throwing that out there. But Mark Monteith, longtime Pacers beat writer, mm-hmm. he said the Pacers have rarely swung a trade for a previous NBA All-Star such as a Pascal Siakam, the only ones he can find in Pacers history. George McGinnis, Billy Knight, Mark Jackson, Chris Mullen, and Paige Stoyakovich. Those are the only names that are previous All-Stars that the Pacers did trade for. And I think some of those guys were past their prime and they made that trade, a la Chris Mullen, right? But, you know, you cannot count like a Victor Oladipo or a Sabonis because they made the All-Star, you know, an All-Star team or whatever. That doesn't count. That doesn't qualify. It's just people that were previously All-Stars. So I thought that was a very interesting tidbit from Mark Monteith there and just kind of shows you this is rare air for the Pacers. They do not do this kind of stuff. And the fact that they were that aggressive to do it, that shows you their belief in this roster as currently constructed mostly 
but their belief in Tyrese Halliburton being the franchise player that's going to help this Pacers team rise to the top. I, I completely agree. But the one thing that I can say that I can live with is if Siakam does not re-sign, I still want to tip my hat and have a ton of respect to the front office for going out there and taking a risk. Because if the Pacers just twiddled their thumbs and sat on their hands at the deadline and didn't make a move, I think everybody would be a little bit let down and be like, you know what, I, I think we could have capitalized on a little bit more. So if it doesn't work out, you guys got to realize that's the, the risk of, of this business. And that's why... You know, many other teams were not willing to, like the Kings. The Kings dropped out. You know, the Kings are still interested in someone. Who are they going to settle for when we know they wanted Pascal Siakam and we went for it? So, you know, I'm really happy that we took the risk because, hey, with uh, great risk, sometimes comes great reward. Yeah, for sure. And, and that mo- and that report was from Scott Agnes. So that way we do have a name to put to that. I was uh, able to get that information while you were talking. So that's great. Um, with that being said, Vachi, let's go ahead and, and close this one out. We'll be back. Definitely. I'll be back tomorrow. I don't know if Vachi will be able to stay up late with me to talk about the Kings game, uh, but maybe we'll do a special episode on like a Saturday morning or something for you with Pascal's first game, maybe being against the Blazers. We'll figure it out. But with that being said, Vachi, go ahead and tell the people where they can find us at on social media. Absolutely. So you can find us on Twitter at PacersPodSTP. You can find Alex on Twitter at NBA. I can be found on Twitter at underscore F-A-C-C-I. You can find us on Instagram at PacersPodSTP. You can find us on Facebook at Setting the Pace. You can find us on TikTok at Setting the Pace. And Alex, tell them where they can check us out on YouTube. Ladies and gentlemen, go to YouTube.com slash Setting the Pace, the Pacers podcast, where you can find this video at on our on our feed because it's not just post-game reactions that we do. We do with the big name ones, too. So this one will be out there probably a little bit later than the audio version. So you guys... Hopefully we'll enjoy this. But with that being said, Fachi, if you're glad that Pascal Siakam is now spicy P and indeed, then hit me with those three words. Let's go Pacers! Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.